doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Homebrew, and I'm your host, Jason Petros, a.k.a. Captain American Handsome Man Boy. The shirt man. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm also in skeleton shirt. Hey, man, it's uh, Halloween season. I got my spoopy shirts on and, uh, you know, feeling good about it. It's not even October. Uh, well, as far as the recording date of the show, yes, you're correct. But the release date, Warren, it's almost Halloween. Hey, this weekend oh. is Oktoberfest. Yeah. See, there you go. It's yeah, it's I, it's my Oktoberfest. Okay, T O B E R shirt. It's my October shirt. Mm, okay, um, German skull. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As you just hear, Warren is our special guest judge because Brian Shar can't manage his calendar for shit. I definitely am special. <laughs> That's true. Hi, Warren. How are you? Oh, hi, Jason. What are you doing? Cr- great uh, credentials. What are you? Yeah. Why are you here? What are your credentials? He was he was coming here to mop up the foam. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, uh, it was very much like UHF, and you're our Stanley Spadowski. I thought you were looking for somebody with no qualifications. Yeah. To you want here and judge beer? Hey, Stanley, you're the host now. <laughs> oh, do you, do you mean it, George? Can I still mop the floors? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I finished with the floors, so I figured I'd try <laughs> a beer. Yeah. Right. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. No, thanks for joining us. Oh, you are very welcome. And, uh, he, he makes beer with the mop, mopping residue. Right. That's true. That's actually how I make it. Yeah. I just mop it up with my beard and then wring it into a glass. We're not going to waste this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate I appreciate you taking the time, Warren, to uh, indulge us in your homebrew knowledge. Oh, yeah. I used to do that at one point. Indulge us or have homebrew knowledge? Yes. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I am sipping a far-ranging beer that has come all the way from the great state of Minnesota. It is a Surly Todd the Axeman. Good stuff. Draft here at the Hop Grenade. Nice. Mm Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, we have two beers for you as usual. We have a Vienna Lager, and then we have a BDSM. What is it, Brian? Yeah, something like that. Okay. A Belgian Dark Strong Ale. Belgian Dark Strong Ale. 2016. We're actually going to be starting with that. We're going to start heavy tonight. I'm, I'm in for that. I like starting heavy. Um, I like heavy things, man. You know, metal. like life. <laughs> Do you like life? <laughs> I love life, man. Oh, well, I okay. tolerate life. And then <laughs> it doesn't tolerate you it very doesn't, well. No, it doesn't really tolerate. I'm trying to be a nicer person, which is cool, it's I guess. It's good to have goals. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you know, I've already broken most of things in my life. Might as well break more goals. Now, I found this worm on my, uh, my tomato plants today. Hmm. Apparently, it's called a, a tobacco hookworm. And the thing is huge. It's like four inches long. Mm. Mm. I was, uh, you know, it, it just it, holding on upside down to this branch of my tomato plant. And then when I approach it, it stops eating. <laughs> huh. And just stops. And it has these eye-like things on the side of its head. And I feel it looking at me. And I'm like, I'm watching too many horror movies because I really expect it, its head just to turn slowly with maybe a little <laughs> click or a creak. And then to launch into my eye socket and you burrow through my anus. It'd like be your new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's what cool. I'm expecting. But it just, it didn't. And anyway, so I'm like, oh, I should kill this thing. I'm like, no, why would I do that? I'm trying to be <laughs> gentler. So I let it eat 
like a big old branch of food, and then I clipped the branch off yeah. and carried it over to my weeds <laughs> across the <laughs> yard. Eat my tomato plant. Yeah, Don't I'm like, if stuff. you're gonna eat some shit, you might as well be useful. Well, it's 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 nice that you forewent food for your family. So that way this little worm could survive. Tomorrow you'll find that thing right back on your tomato plant. Oh, yeah, plant. it went It'll right be... back to your other tomato plants. <laughs> I hope the tomatoes. So. Well, and then I was like, well, there's there's more holes in... I, I felt like, a, like a, someone on CSI. Because I'm like, well, this plant... Or this worm just eats like the actual leaf, like just whole, digests it. And then on other plants, I have like holes in leaves. So what's going on? So I start looking around, and there's little poops everywhere. I start looking around. I have a ton of worms, like ton of caterpillars on my, the rest of my tomato plants. I cut six off in five minutes, and I know there's more. So do you have a, a yeah. caterpillar sanctuary going on? Uh, well, no, those I ate. I oh, just okay. uh, fried them up, and no, I uh, I just cut the leaf that they were on, mm-hmm. and then threw it like in the dead zone of my garden. So at least they have some food, and then they can fend for themselves. And then they get exercise to get back to the rest of the plants. Right. Yeah. I'm just thinking about them. That's good. Yeah, it was weird, man. I don't know. It was just gardens are weird. That that the tobacco one had a giant spike on the end. Did yeah. you have to keep that away from Alice? It's a horned. Uh, it's a horn worm. A hookworm or horn worm. Horn horny worm. hookworm. Yeah. Does it use like? Did it try to stab you with it like a scorpion? No, it didn't. It didn't really do anything. But while we're sitting here before the show started, I'm like showing Warren, and I'm looking it up on Wikipedia while Warren's working. Weird. And it was like they eat tobacco plants and tomato plants. And then with the tobacco plants, they metabolize the to- the tobacco, the nicotine in the tobacco, right? Mm-hmm. And they send it through from their gut to like these uh, this gland or something. And then they release the nicotine into the air around them. And that keeps them uh, protected from like spiders and uh, stuff like so that. So you can vape off of those things? <laughs> That's their, right. Their defense is secondhand smoke. Their defense is yeah, secondhand smoke. It's, it's called like toxic halitosis, which I've definitely been next to a few people at a bar mm. that uh, must be hookworms in disguise. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Just imagine if you lit it, if you smoked it. I I kind of want to. So they chew the tobacco plant and then they hollow out your tomatoes and <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that right. What they do and just fart nicotine, and they butt it out, dude. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, anyway, let's call uh, Ken, shall we? Sure. All right. And he has the uh, BDSM, Belgian, right? Mm-hmm. Strong uh, sadomasochist. Yeah, <laughs> something right. sounds good. Ken, what's up, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Oh, good, wow. not too bad. We've talked to you before. How's it going? Oh, it was the best evening of my life. <laughs> <laughs> what, being on this program? Oh, you can't. I'm, yes. Damn, boy. All right. Well, hey, man, uh, you're welcome. Um, not many people get to uh, relive the glory days, but you do. Absolutely. <laughs> Remind us, man, are you in a homebrew club? Because Brian Shar is not here to scream it out at inappropriate times. <laughs> hey, are you in a homebrew club? <laughs> That's right. And, yes, I, I, I have not over-mineralized my beer either. Oh, oh good. Well, that's good Which news. Is- that's the other thing he says every time. <laughs> it's just what a judge says when you can't think what else might be wrong with the That's beer. That's true. Yeah. It's a little trick. You he, know? he messed up somewhere. Must be the minerals. Because they're not going to know. You know, you're not going to know, right? It's all about the minerals, baby. All right, Ken, tell me about this beer, man. Uh, well, let me tell you about my homebrew club. I'm in the Star oh. City Homebrew Club, a homebrew guild out of Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. And we're, we're amazing. <laughs> Done. The amazing Star City. Sold. I kind of want to join now. Um, 
I gave you the whole spiel last time, so I'll cut, I'll cut it shorter this time. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate All that. Right. Um, what's up with this beer? Have you have you brewed a Belgian dark strong before? Uh, this is uh, we do quarterly competitions, and this is a quarterly competition beer we did. Mm. Or we're actually doing in December, and uh, I brewed it about uh, six months ago, and uh, it's ten percent. And I think it's really been improving as it, uh, as it's been conditioning. So awesome. excited to see how, what you guys think about it. Excellent. And uh, have you already entered this into into your club comp? Uh, that'll be in December. So it'll we'll be in see December. What, okay. Uh, all our rookie judges think compared to what you guys think. <laughs> That's right. Well, we have one grandmaster judge and one walking rookie. carpet. Yeah. So uh, you know, <laughs> between between the two of them, they'll figure it out. I'm sure. A rookie Wookie. <laughs> that's right. This yeah, is my that's, a, that's a nice beard he's got going on there. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> Don't give him a big Don't head about the it. Beard. Yeah. Um, all right, Brian Cooper, please okay. start us off here, and we'll follow up with uh, the lackluster Warren. Okay, so I am reading. Uh, I am reading through my judging notes from one month ago when we initially um, judged this beer. Uh, Brian and I judged it. Uh, oh. Separately, I'm interested to hear how it cha- and, if it changes. Yeah, changes. I'd asked him to send me his sheet because he's not able to be with us tonight. Because he, we actually, yeah, we're all ready for this one. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, you know had a nice, uh, nice fill, a good strong hiss when when it opened. Um, hmm, uh, malty and fairly fruity up front in the nose. The malt smells like uh, dark bread crusts and uh, pleasant and clean. Uh, the esters are low and muted. Fairly faint uh, dried cherry-like aroma in there. No hops to note. Uh, didn't get any DMS or tassel. Seemed pretty clean. Um, a moderate and very prickly alcohol there poking through. And I would say that it might have smoothed out a little bit because I'm not getting quite as much of that bite, that sharp, like, oh, man, there's a little sharp alcohol it's in there. It's boozy. But uh, it is still a little boozy. It's not It's not a wimpy beer by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so appearance-wise, it's a nice, deep, uh, coppery, dark, amber-colored beer. Um, you know, when I when I poured it initially, the head had, had kind of some just kind of crackly-sounding bubbles. They just settled out very quickly. Um uh, uh, to kind of a, a swirling ring around the, the edge of the glass. Um, and the beer I find to be quite hazy. And even still, even after, um, you know, settling for a month, it's it's not settled. <laughs> it's pretty hazy. It should be, should be a little clearer than that. Sure, it can have some yeast in there, especially if you get anywhere near the dregs on a bottle of this stuff. I imagine yeah. maybe bottle condition. I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't really check. It's hard to see in the bottom there, but... Um, we can chat about that. Um, flavor-wise, it is kind of toasty and fruity. Has had a kind of perfumey note to it that lingers on the tongue. There's kind of this interesting little edge to it, and that's kind of still there. Um, and go went up into my sinuses. It was almost. Um, at that time, I would say it was almost furniture polish, like. Uh, but I'm not really getting so much of that anymore. Like a, it's like, like, a, ple- a like pledge, like le- a lemony. Not thing, like a or? lemony furniture furniture polish. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a oil, like a 
Murphy's oil soap. Kind okay. Of, uh, you know, I, I, I regularly gargle furniture polish, so I'm quite <laughs> well, a connoisseur when it comes to that. Is yeah. that a part of the master judge certification program? <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally ruin your tongue, then you can't yeah. taste anymore. You have to recite hop character of yeah. uh, Cascade with a mouthful of Murphy's oil. But, I, you There's know, still something, just a little I've used that before yeah. on, like, my old house. We had hardwood floors, and I would use that a lot. So I, I, I see what you're saying. It's like a crystal or malt English thing or something yeah. like that, yeah. There's some, it's and it's really it doesn't taste that solvent or anything like that, but it is. No, I think no, it's maybe no. some combination of the alcohol and the malts that's giving it um, an interesting edge like that. There's some orangey and cherry like esters here. It is interesting. Um, yeah. Definitely balanced to the malt. The finish is um, quite dry. There's not a lot of sweetness here, um, and um, yeah, boy, that there's some higher alcohols in there too. Um, but it seems mostly clean and smooth. Otherwise, I, you know, it, it it's an interesting, uh, you know, the, the aroma was uh, fairly promising and the flavor had some interesting notes in there that played off of those. And, and going back and forth, it's, um, you know, that, that nice dark bread crust is still there in the nose. And um, but I think it is smoothing out a little bit as it ages for sure. So. You know, if it's being judged in a couple more months or something in the in the late fall or the winter, that might be cool. Yeah, I think you said December. But um, there's a little solventy here, I would say. Mouthfeel-wise, it's, it's pretty highly carbonated, medium-high, I guess. It, it But it blew off really quickly, leaving kind of a, you know, uh, a solventy slight heat. Uh, not very creamy smooth. It's a little bit biting, uh, but still not really astringent either at all. There's a low, maybe a low malt kind of bite, but you know, it's just it, it's kind of medium, medium full bodied, and um, yeah. Um, overall, I'd say it's a fairly good Belgian dark strong uh, with a lot going for it. But uh, some of the elements that were detracting from me were just a bit odd. And uh, you know, it's freshly stained kind of wood notes emerging in the nose. Like, what's going on here? But uh, those have smoothed out, subsided a little bit. And I think it's just some sharp things when it was younger, maybe. And I'd like to find out, you know, if you just made it when we judged it um, back in uh, in August. So um, definitely the age is helping it. Um you know, there's it's, there's some solventiness here that that and higher alcohols, so just a little bit over the top. And if you clean those up a bit and make this a lot better beer, they're they're really taking over here. Otherwise, it's it's not a bad example of style. Um, I think that just with this style, you need to really go crazy with you know massive you know yeast pitch, taking care of your yeast, using making sure that it's that it's healthy and vigorous, viable, happy. Mm-hmm. That you you know you bring it. Warm towels and you know whatever <laughs> whatever it wants you give it yeah. and, yeah, and kiss give it, it on a lot the bottom every like night build yeah. a little beach for it and like I don't know yeah um, I don't know that's not a really good tip is it uh, well I mean a little, it, a, it a is res- a resort for I'm imagining <laughs> a yeast resort where all the yeast would hang out yeah. and there's like sugar everywhere they're just like, it would be in the malt deeds yeah <laughs> malt uh, uh, you know, mean, at the time I gave it a it a is 20, very, a twenty nine but I think that was a little harsh yeah uh, but it, there was some sharper things poking through at the time and when i'm tasting it now just when we opened it and i started tasting it I'm like this is probably more like uh 33 now to me it's okay. it's it's not it, it's very it's it's very good it's just uh the, the higher alcohol is still there and i don't know that that's going to subside too much over the course of the next couple of months 
Um, there's something definitely really hot. It's not just warm. It's warming and boozy all the way down the throat. Mm. So, uh, yeah, this is the flavor and the bite of some, some solventy higher alcohols and alcoholic just, yeah. Okay. Boom. Very good. Warren? Yeah. I didn't get to taste it two different ages. But, uh, <laughs> well, we're higher uh, level than you right, are. Yes. Here. Understandably so. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with pretty much everything that, that uh, Brian just said. To me, um, I really liked the the yeast character. I thought the balance of esters and phenols and everything worked really well all the way through aroma, flavor, and everything. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. was hot, even in the aroma. And and salt a little solventy kind of um, like acetony po- nail polish, yeah. Slight nail polish remover, slight thing going on there. Um, and uh, as far as all, all the good things, I echoed Brian, um, and I ended up giving it a thirty-one. Did you give some of that orangey fruitiness in there? It's just like this, like. Almost like those orange candy chews, you know, like just, mm. or, and maybe some and some cherry and other kinds. I of definitely got cherry fruit bowl kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. Definitely got cherry and and um, some some sweet uh, kind of kind of candied fruit. Yeah, like type, a candied type, fruit type situation going on yeah, there. Exactly. Um, I no, I don't know that I'd necessarily pick out orange. Not like sharp bright yeah. oranges, but just, or it's like maybe an, yeah. Um, but I, I really enjoy the malt character, mm-hmm. and so I think if you can just rein in the fermentation, like Brian said, just take care of the yeast, make sure it's got all the nutrient it needs. Um, or the the water minerals. <laughs> it, it seems like <laughs> it was kidding. Yeah, yeah, bottled well. Is this is yeah. this bottle conditioned, Ken? Yeah, this is bottle conditioned. Okay, yeah, okay. that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I agree with both of you guys. It, it's it, in my mind, it's not a Belgian dark strong. It's strong. Yeah, it's strong. It's strong. <laughs> but but what it what it is is still really good. Yeah, it's like in the Belgian dark strongs that I've had. It, it they aren't this that kind of candied orangey, um, you know, darker toned crystal malts like this one is. And I, I, I bet it's I bet it's the kind of yeast that use esters or whatever. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, it's not as like. I don't know, rounded or, 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 or focused as Belgian Dark Strong should be, but what but what you've made is a tasty beer and the flavor combinations that you have somehow magically through this still are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kinda wanna I don't know why I felt like stressing that, but it's you know, the solventy aside, like the those combos of flavors I haven't had in a Belgian Dark Strong, it's good. I like it. I thought it was pretty good. Let's talk about your recipe real fast. Can you wanna take us through that? Sure. Uh, see, I started with 14 pounds of uh, Pilsen, a pound and a half of Munich, a pound and a half of uh, Golden Naked Oats, <clears throat> a half a pound of Cara Munich, and a half a pound of Special B. Hmm. For a and, five gallon uh, batch, or? Let's see, one ounce of Magnum at, at uh, uh, 60 minutes, and that was all the hops. And then uh, one pound of. Uh, Belgian candy syrup D45 and another pound of uh, Belgian candy syrup D90. Yeah, I bet um, I bet that special B and those two dark candy sugars are giving are throwing those kind of candied orange kind of things. Yeah. That yeah. that's my opinion on it. And a little toffee yeah. type character. Yeah. yeah. Uh what uh, yeast apparently did you put a pound of uh 
turbinado or, mm, or uh, like a another sugar in there. So there's three pounds mm. of uh, sugars in there as well. God bless. Wow. What's your batch size? Uh, it's like a five pound, yeah. five and a half pound five batch. Gallon. Okay. And what? I used uh, Belgian ale yeast from uh, Y yeast twelve fourteen with a two liter starter. Okay, that's a good starter. I mean, it's any, a good size. Any nutrients in the starter? Uh, I put a, a teaspoon of um, Y yeast nutrient in with uh, you know, fifteen minutes, and um, I, I'm sure I put some in the starter also. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You're but right may, there with the answer. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wanted to get a good Belgian character out of it, so I may have let the um, fermentation get warm. I'm pretty, usually pretty conservative. I don't like to get it above 70, and I think I let it get, you know, 73, 74 in this case. Uh, and maybe that's, uh, maybe it was too much. Maybe that's why, because I agree, mm. it's a little bit solventy. Uh, but it's it's really changed. I think I made this, um, well, it's been like, seven months now and when i first made it it was it had a smokiness wow that that i didn't think should be there and i was kind of wondering <laughs> you know what yeah what i have i have a note in my sheet here that's like there's a i was like hmm there's something in there that and to me it came across as a very light roastiness or ashiness there was something generally spicy about it and and some kind of phenolics in there that, that were bothering me a little bit. I definitely got some spice. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like, yeah they're there the still, but just lighter much now. Much yeah. less than it used yeah. to be. Yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like an oxidized clove or, so, yeah. or like a hickory something. Yeah. To me, I just assumed that was just a nice phenol from the Belgian mm-hmm. yeast. Um, but it, it, uh, didn't, it didn't stand out yeah. as, as off-putting to me no. in, in this in this version. No, it, yeah, it can, it can be kind of gnarly. You can get some some interesting... I can see how it was, <laughs> yeah, it was younger and more intense, for sure. It yeah. yeah, it's definitely improved, and I'm hoping that I guess it's got two more months yeah. to improve <laughs> a little more. Oh, definitely, okay. for sure. Um, yeah. my, my gut feeling is that is that Ken has too much sugar. What do you guys think? Should he replace well, some of that sugar with, like, malt sugar? Or DME, even? I mean... That's three pounds of sugar in a five-gallon batch. Yeah, and yeah now it, would that be throwing any sort of solvent, solventy sort of deals? Uh, well, how many yeast packets did you say you did with a? You just said a two-liter starter, but do you know yeah. how many packets you started with? I mean, I started with one. One. Uh, you know, and just uh, made a nice big starter. I, mm. I think I had plenty of. Uh, you know, I use uh, Beer Smith, and it tells me how much to make and. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. I think I had enough yeast. Whether I took care of it enough, I'm I'm not sure if I may have let it get a little hot or something like with, that. With the viability that I would get with my uh, vials and, and smack packs, I would always basically double what the calculators would say in order to make sure, especially with a big beer like this, uh, it, it, you definitely want to make sure you're throwing in more than enough yeast. It's kind of hard to overpitch right. on one of these beers for a ten percenter. Yeah, when it's this strong of a beer, you might be messing with the the phenol ester balance. But mm-hmm. I think you're you're better safe than sorry when it's coming to right, a strong right. ale. Yeah, but I don't think to JP's question, I don't think that the sugars are going to be throwing all the higher no. alcohols so much. Although yeah, sometimes the yeast can get good. can get lazy. But mm-hmm. I mean that yeast says you know uh, sixty eight to seventy eight. So going up into the seventies a little ways shouldn't hurt it too bad if you're not. 
way up in the yeah, upper. I don't know. I just feel like turbinado sugar. Yeah. Uh, that's not 90 and then 40. Turbinado, that's oh. the only sugar that's in Beersmith. Okay. It, okay. It's, uh, it's, like it's a similar sugar. molasses sugar. Okay. okay. Like demerara sugar? That's not molasses sugar. but no. I think that's that might be what it? I'm getting as some it of the harsher the flavors. That, the the for woody, furniture-y kind of thing, you know? Yeah, do, do you uh, know what yeah. grade of molasses it was? Uh, it's not molasses specifically. It's a sugar called succinant, which is kind of like... Uh, you just hit on me, Ken? <laughs> Kiss your mother with it's that, man? got some of that molasses left over from the, from the process of making the... Succinant, yeah. I mean, it, that's basically demerara sugar or... Similar, yeah. Or turbinado yeah. even, too, right? But... Um, yeah. I'm trying to look it up right now, and, and the only thing I see is um, it's like a French or something like that. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking up, too. It says uh, homebrewers who use this are geniuses. <laughs> mm. oh. Damn, bro. Okay. okay. And I think someone's <laughs> hacked your uh, your router. <laughs> I, I think backing off on the, the sugars, though, might, might be a... Not a bad idea. Bit, yeah. yeah. Well, it because up the body a little bit. Well, I, th- I mean, it's it's three darker sugars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't and, get rid of the don't get rid of the syrups, but um, no. But I mean, should you lighten them up? Do you think? I mean, I, I feel like there's some component about the sugars that are it's just too much with the um, special B. No. I don't know. I, I I feel like you go dark with the the grains and then maybe on like lighter sugars. Hmm. That's what I'm feeling. I don't know. I haven't made a, a Belgian dark strong in probably ten years, so I have no. And it sucked when I made it. But <laughs> so I, listen to JP. So listen to me. But I don't know. Look, all I'm here to do is just to throw the question out and mm-hmm. let you guys uh, prove me right. I I did the opposite when I did a couple Belgian dark strongs mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. I would do the dark syrup to get the color. And stick with the lighter malts. Mm. In general, I'm not the biggest special B fan. Yeah. Um, so that's really where you went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I wonder if the special B is is throwing some of that orangey thing. Because I know if you use too much, it does get weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know if any of this helps you at all in your next iteration <laughs> of this. but Is this one you uh, have done multiple times? Or is this a, a first time? Oh, no, this is my first time, and I'm sure I stole some recipe off uh, Zymergy <laughs> and, and uh, tweaked it a little bit to make it my own. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised how much how fruity it is now, and I kind of mm-hmm. like that. But uh, we'll see what the – really, the only judges I, I at the end of the day I care about are my homebrew clubs who are going to mm-hmm. all give this a 45, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, you'll have to let us know how it does. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Make sure they're uh, sufficiently blasted beforehand. Yeah. Not that you care what we think about it. That's right. Uh, do you have any qu- do. do you have any questions for these guys, Ken? Yeah, I do actually want to ask you. I'm, so I've started judging myself about a year and a half ago and just became uh, certified. Oh, congrats, man. Nice. Don't judge yourself too harshly. <laughs> um, one thing it. that's... I've always been curious about is that, uh, like, I, at least I never see a beer get, like, getting above a 42 or a 43 is just, like, outstanding. Yeah. Like, do beers ever get, like, near perfect scores? Like, is there a perfect beer that you would give a 45, 50, or something like that? Miller Lite. (laughs) Miller Lite? Yeah. In any category. I've seen a 49, and it was a consensus score between two judges. And I tasted that it was a, but it wasn't a beer. It was a um, uh, Seven Up. 
<laughs> yeah, it was a seven up. Four loco. Um, no, it was actually a Perry, traditional Perry. Oh, okay. oh. mind blowingly good. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, th- oh. I think the cider guys might rate a little higher because I know I've gotten 47, 48s on the cider side. Oh, geez. And I'm pretty sure I've gotten at least one, if not two, 46s on the beer side. So they do oh, wow. happen. Well, I know, Brian, you've given out, a, I think we give out like a 44 once or 45. Yeah, we, we get up there sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does happen, man. I'm in the same boat as you can, where it's like, I, I can't get, I got out of like the, the high 30s once. You know, I think I got like a 41 is the highest I've ever gotten. And, you know, it didn't go anywhere. It didn't advance anything. So um, it, it's it's hard to believe that they're even out there, the unicorns of the homebrewing world. But people people do it. I've, I mean, I've even judged a couple, uh, the Virginia Craft Beer Show, which is the commercial beer, and the North Carolina Craft Beer Show, and even commercial beers, no one's giving 45s and 50s to those beers. So I'm mm-hmm. just like, I, I want that unicorn. I want to taste it. <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you think people are being too harsh? Well, I kind of wonder what if we As just, a judge, right? I mean... I think we bias, you know, we all believe that there must be a better beer coming so we never want to give too high of a score yeah brian do me a favor give ken some sage advice right now about judging what's your Um, top your top piece of advice just just number one don't be solely just a fault finder like oh this beer has a tiny little this it should be um you know knocked down into the 20s because of that little tiny defect use the scoring guide as as your spirit guide if it's you know, exemplifies the style well, requires minor fine-tuning. It should be a 38 to 44. If it's generally within style parameters, some minor flaws, then it's 30 to 37. You know, a minor flaw can, can knock it down into the lower mid-30s. It's not, you know, uh, you know, the beer has to be damn near perfect to get an outstanding. It's just world-class example of the style towards the best beer you've ever had in your life. You know, that doesn't happen every day, but... Um, you know, I, I want to leave room for that. Yeah, I would score a beer of 47, 48, 49. You know, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I know people that have scored a beer of 50 before, but and they felt it deserved it. I, I Wow, I wish I'd been there. What's yeah. your highest yeah. that you've ever given out? Probably 47, something like 47. that. 47? I think Jamil's given a 50 once, I think he said. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I know Javil, Javil, Javil. Uh, Jamil verbally told me that my Kolsch... He was a fifty mm-hmm. when he had it. No, he yeah. He told me my style was a fifty-five. So oh wow, look at <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I told him to be honest, and he was like, "Well, there's nothing I would change about it." So I guess it's a fifty. <laughs> I guess. See, that's it. When Jamil says you, that he guesses, it's not. Don't take yes. anything away. Uh, anything else, Ken, or we'll let you go. Oh, no, that's great. Thanks for uh, cool. Judging my beers and yep, of course. Uh, look forward to watching the rest of your show. Hell be, yeah. I'll be happy to give you some more judging advice online. As you get into off on this adventure, feel free to hit me up for uh, thoughts and philosophy. I, I just love typing. It's fun. <laughs> he does. He likes to <laughs> right. email. All, All right. right. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I type back yeah. and forth these people. If anyone wants to get a beer on our show, these people. I am Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Is Brian spelled the right way with an I? <laughs> and uh, you can get your beer on our show. Draw That's that right. line in the Hit sand. That's right. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, everybody, and then we're going to come back. We're going to judge another beer, and then we're going to take another break, and then we're going to talk some more, and then we're going to let you go. So that's what we do, and uh, hold on for it. 
to the examination. Hey, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Dr. Homebrew, about to break into this Vienna lager. Actually, we'll just do that right now. And uh, let me get uh, Rich on the phone. And we're going to talk to him about his homebrew. And we're going to drink it. And then we're going to laugh at each other's butts. Yeah. That's what we do. Drink yeah. it. Look at each other. Not say anything. That's true. Mm. You have R- to watch the live stream to know what we're thinking about this beer. That's right. Rich, are you there? Hey, I'm here. Hey, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. How are you guys? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Hard to beat this. We're just drinking homebrew and talking to homebrewers. You know what I'm trying to say? Hey, I yeah, love it. I thanks know. for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for sending in beer. So, uh, do me a favor. How long have you been home brewing? Tell us a little bit about your background and and uh, you know well, what made you brew this beer. Yeah, you know, um, I I actually started home brewing in um, the early '90s, um, and I didn't really stick with it. You know, um, you know, had uh, uh, had life, and uh, <laughs> yeah. so then uh, you had life. Um, <laughs> What's yeah, that? I've had the case of that lately myself and stuff like that. So, so I had a kid and had a had a career and still do. Okay. But uh, anyway, I've got more time on my hands now. That uh, and um, I've kind of in the last few years just uh, re-gotten into it. Awesome. And then, um, well, welcome back. Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah. And it, it also turns out that you know I looking into my my heritage i've 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 got uh brewers in the family going way back to oslo norway so that was oh wow kind of another instigation to get back into it do you have any uh like old recipes in the in the family that you're using or trying to translate or whatever no no i wish i wish i did yeah but uh no all right. Well, you know they were look. They probably sucked anyway, right? I mean, let's be honest. There's a reason they stopped. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a reason they stopped homebrewing. Yeah. They used Quebec yeast. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so we are doing a Vienna Lager here. Have you brewed a Vienna before? No, this is my first one. Oh, okay. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Warren. Yeah. Yes. Why don't you, uh, first of all, we should ask Rich if he's offended that Brian Shaw isn't here, and that if it's okay if Warren takes his place and judges his beer. I'd be honored if, if Warren would, would wow. taste and wow. judge my beer. Honored. <laughs> definitely not the direction I was hoping that would go. No, you were caught off guard by that <laughs> I definitely was. If I wasn't sitting down, I would have fallen right back. <laughs> right. Uh, go, right. Go ahead, Warren, please. Start us off here, unless you need Brian to, uh, um, to go. Well, Brian no, writes a lot more eloquently than I do, so... Uh, you can be just as He's healthy. also taller than you. Right. Yeah. He's got everything going for him. He's a total package. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Go ahead, Warren. So uh, I thought the aroma on this beer was really nice. Um, very malty up front. Um, little hints of, of toast and caramel. Um, I didn't get really any hop aroma, uh, but very clean fermentation. Um, very clear appearance as well. Nice copper color with a, a off-white head that... that has some staying power. Um, even with my oily mustache, there's still a bit of foam <laughs> okay. on, the, on the beer. All right. Um, the the flavor was not as complex and, and intense uh, as the aroma for me. Um, still, still a nice dry finish. Um, slight bias towards the bitterness, which is not necessarily out of style. But the bitterness had a... a 
harshness to it that uh, I'm not sure what the cause was. Um, it didn't seem like it was too many IBUs or anything, but I don't know if it was a mineral issue or maybe just the hop variety. It was it was coming across a bit aggressive to me uh, for the style. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, the the mouthfeel was definitely on the lighter side for the style, like almost borderline thin for me, uh, but still had a nice creamy uh, character to it, uh, nice carbonation. Um, okay. So, yeah, um, I thought the beer was well done. I definitely would not be disappointed with it if I had ordered it at a bar. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. So I gave it a 36. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Cooper. Yeah, I um, want to echo a lot of the same things here. Just a nice uh, toasty malt up front uh, with the bread, bread crust-like notes. Seems very cleanly lagered. The nose, again, I agree, was just beautiful. Um, just a little low spicy hop in the background. Uh, no esters noted. No DMS or diacetyl, acetaldehyde, any of those. Just clean and inviting. I really like the aroma. And I really also like the appearance. It's a beautiful, deep amber, very clear, some kind of orangey highlights. A very finely formed head of creamy, fine off-white bubbles uh, that persisted well. So, um, yeah, good job there. Um Flavor wise, I do agree that it when it when it hit the flavor, it's a, there's something that that uh, you know it's the flavor. Don't get me wrong; these are fine points, but the flavor is 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 good. It just it wasn't like the promise of that aroma was a little you know slightly tarnished when I got to that flavor, and it wasn't like oh my god, this is horrible. There's something really wrong with it. But I'm trying to pick out what it is. Um, so again, pleasant, multi rich beer with toast, hint of sweetness. It, it tastes sort of like um, um, like uh, Splenda, hmm. like artificial hmm. sweetener thing. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, that's it's that kind of like weird sweet like an to odd it. sweetener thing. Yeah, hmm. so hmm. like a sweet and low, an edge to it that is in, yeah a little different. It finishes semi dry, uh, kind of a medium low bitterness, just enough to balance there. Um, yeah, and the balance is to malt. So there's. Following out some tiny hints of some stone fruit character in there, and there's kind of a, a sharp malt thing in the aftertaste, and I think it's it's coming from the malt, whatever that is, with along with maybe um, kind of a minerally uh, a bit of a minerally bite that's that's playing off the the malt and the bittering hops in, in kind of an odd way there. So, but otherwise it's a nice clean lager and um, very enjoyable and drinkable. Um, Mouthfeel wise, medium body, just a touch of a biting, kind of grainy, just very light astringency. Not like, wow, that's, you know, harsh and extremely biting, but um, it's not like this beer should be smooth, really just a smooth lager, just feel smooth on the tongue and and go down super easy. I'm holding the sheet right in front of the camera. Bevo hates me right now. Um, yeah. It's not very creamy as, as right I would now. like it to be. And just. Uh, there's no alcohol warmth. Shouldn't have any of that. Um, medium carbonation where it should be. Um, so, yeah, overall, it's just a very enjoyable Vienna lager. Um, very excellent uh, malt character, especially in the nose. Super inviting aroma overall. It's just something that's a bit rougher than hoped in the, the flavor and the mouthfeel. And, again, these are just fine points, but mm-hmm. um, because overall it is very good. Um, on the higher end, of very good for me. I, I landed at a 37 on this one. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, this you could enter this competition. You could rebrew wow. this and... Um, I don't know. I'd like to know what you did with your with your water or 
if you have any thoughts on what might be yeah. an ingredients, you know, what might be poking out there in the flavor. So can we talk about your recipe? Yeah, you know, um, I guess um, I'll start off. I was I was worried that it would be it would it would suck a lot worse with uh, <laughs> shipping it in shipping it in, in the heat wave. Yeah, there's that story. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So just as a quick uh, caveat, uh, when these beers arrived on my porch, it took about a minute for me to go get them, and I picked up the box, and it was in the full sun. But I'm like, okay, whatever. I take them out, and I'm unpackaging them because I know it's really hot. And the bottles are warm to the touch. And whenever you have a warm beer bottle that's warm to the touch, you know you're in trouble. So I got my laser surface thermometer out, and I pinned it against the bottle, and it was 96 degrees. So kudos to your packaging because there's, I don't get any oxidation or yeah. anything yeah, or like raising like that. Right. There's not yeah. a whole lot of no heat paper. damage kind of thing coming through, mm-hmm. although maybe we are seeing that and we just don't really haven't seen it displayed in these sort of ways, like the weird sugar, the weird mm-hmm. pokey bits. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you would have uh, you had to tell me twice that this was a, a heat damaged beer because... Yeah, I mean, what, what do you think the liquid was inside of that stupid thing? Yeah, <laughs> at least ninety six. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was worried because I, I was listening today to an old uh, interview with uh, Charlie Bamsford, yeah, and uh, he was uh, one of the things he uh, he was he was saying is is uh, you know the the one important most important thing about you know uh, stale beer and stuff is uh, and oxidation is. Uh, yeah, make sure you you package it and you control the temperature. And so I was going, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, drinking it right real, gonna be- real fast, it, it almost t- has like a cidery thing. And and when I'm smelling it, I can yeah. smell a little like green apple. Mm. So I wonder okay. if it's a, just a fermentation thing that maybe combined with the heat is sort of throwing this weird. But anyway, I've interrupted maybe, Rich yeah. enough. Tell tell us about your recipe. Okay, so we're about seventy percent uh, Vienna malt. And twenty uh, percent Pilsner two row, um, and five percent Munich, and then I had a little bit um, uh, eight ounces of melanoidin malt, uh, four ounces of Carafa three. So that's my my grain hmm. bill. Um, hmm. Are they the, Ger- the hop- Is it that? German malt or is it U.S.? They're they're all Weirman. Okay. Yeah, so they're all German. Um, hop schedule is uh, uh, had a ounce and a quarter of Magnum for uh, sixty minutes, um, and then had a one ounce of uh, Czech saws at, at five minutes. And um, then my yeast was yeah. uh, Global Imperial Imperial yeast and yeast, and had a good starter with that. Mm-hmm. I've like never heard of that. There's like so many yeast companies now. It's you could just be making that up, and I have no idea. That's the one that comes yeah. in a can, I think. That's Imperial. Oh, Imperial. Even they changed that. Oh, I they think. did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um. So okay. One question I had: Do you know? Uh, was it Vireman's normal Pilsner, or was it one of their like extra light Pilsners, um, or Bohemian? Um. You know, it was. Um, hmm. I don't. I don't. It's why does that matter? Because when I uh, in my Vienna, because they were out uh, one Mm -hmm. time at BSG, Mm -hmm. I normally use just their standard pills. I use the extra hell their their light pilsner. Yeah, and it had a an interesting honey like 
sweetness okay. um, in huh. there, very faint. Because um, I think I was maybe using a little bit more than 20%, like maybe 25% of the Pilsner malt. Um, mm-hmm. And it had a bit of, of, of an interesting honey-like uh sweetness to it from the extra light yeah pilsner okay so maybe if try just using a standard pills if if that was okay. what happened here yeah yeah okay how about your uh yeast starter and fermentation and uh and water adjustments if you've done any of those so yeah so my my i've got well water that's that's not real good well. so um i use ro and um I treated it with um, uh, two teaspoons of uh, calcium chloride. Mm-hmm. Is that and, enough? Do uh, you think? I'm sorry. You just need a little calcium. Keep that. <laughs> yeah, but for yeah, R- those enzymes. Have but RO there. water. I mean, just to add a little. I mean, do you think he needed a little more? How would? How do you think his water was, Brian? Was um, well, right. I like I like using the the calcium chloride. You wouldn't want to put a bunch of sulfates in there, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you know, you you want okay. to maybe enhance the sweetness. So, yeah, I don't have any problems so far. Okay, that was all you did though, just a little calcium chloride. Yeah, yeah, okay. that was it. Um, I checked the pH, and it was you know the mash was right at five point two, so it was exactly where I wanted it to be. Good. So, and it. It, depending on how you clarified it, you de- didn't seem like you had a flocculation issue, which would mean you'd had too little calcium. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. just cold crashed it. You didn't filter this, did you? No, I didn't. You know, one of the things that um, wasn't planned was um, my uh, fermentation. Um, you know, I use a chest freezer, and uh chest freezer was uh, broken, and so my first 24 hours... Um, it was it, it started at 65 degrees fermentation mm. so it was mm. it was it was going pretty good for the first um you know once it it, it hit the ground running yeah i didn't feel like i got any fruitiness in the nose but i did feel i got a little something in the flavor that was like just a little edge of a fruitiness mm-hmm. kind of stone fruit yeah 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 and then I, got- I just kind of I, I steadily dropped it dropped it down to um you know i i, I let it go for about at 50 degrees for a couple of weeks and then i um dropped it down to 45 and then ultimately mm-hmm. 35 for four more weeks so it's it's uh yeah it's got a few weeks of aging in it okay yeah. nice lagering yeah it's sure. very very smooth <laughs> lager characteristics well how can yeah. we uh help rich bump his score up a little bit fellas don't ship your beer to jp <laughs> right yeah <laughs> as if i can control the summertime or put dry ice in the box yeah yeah yeah, you know, you know what's kind of funny is is, is just yesterday I got results from a, a regional uh, competition I entered it in, and actually I got first in the cl- in its class. Oh, uh, nice! So it, it came came in at forty one point five. So I, I'm I'm still wondering if that temperature just did throw something off. Yeah, it's. Well, I mean, it sounds like it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. One thing for me that that I really noticed made a huge difference in my Vienna. Um, that small amount of carafa. I used carafa too, dehusked. Um, might help with the the kind of astringent bitter characteristic that Brian and I are picking up on in the finish. Um, okay. One thing that I did is instead of removing that, or even if you don't want to change to the dehusked version, um, instead of mashing that in, just throwing it in during the sparge, and you still get the color. 
and you still get a small amount of the flavor, but you don't get anywhere near the same bittering characteristics that mm-hmm. you would from that dark malt. Okay, what if, yeah, that's, yeah. That's good. What if you just took that uh, carafa and just set it like outside of the tubing that the beer is passing through <laughs> yeah. right. and like not even let the beer touch it? Would that help even better? Then you would mark him down on appearance because the beer would be <laughs> too light. Be too light, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Richard, you know, I, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, uh, yeah, the, the specialty malts I, I threw in, in in my batch barge. Mm-hmm. So I did a batch barge on this, and so that's when I think I, I threw my melon weighted in my, my carafa. Sometimes okay. I'll uh, I'll throw those in at the very end of a mash too, and then just you know mm-hmm. sparge through them and yeah yeah. I mean yeah. maybe switch to the dehusked version then if yeah. you're already doing that. You can give that a shot. Yeah. Okay. But I would really like to try this this beer not heat stroked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe you try it again or whatever. We I can think... uh, we can help you out with that. But do you have any any questions for the guys, or, or are you pretty much well sorted out? No, yeah, I'm I'm well sorted out. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate you guys, oh, yeah. uh, uh, your feedback. You know, of course, nice job on the beer, and yeah, yeah. So it, was, it, it definitely was at a disadvantage here with uh, yeah what happened there. But no, I mean, it. Uh, I'm more pleased with uh, how it how it came out on your end than than I expected. Yeah. I was kind of bracing bracing <laughs> for for something really bad. So. What are you using to bottle? I mean, you've done a very good job keeping right. oxygen out, obviously. Is it a, yeah. you have a beer gun? I or fill a, it in my mouth and I spit you, it into the bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a, yeah, it was a beer gun. Yeah. It was Blickman mm-hmm. beer gun. So, cool. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Persia's bottles. Yeah. All right, Rich. We'll good. let you go, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much again. Okay. Hey, thanks, yeah. you guys. Taste All right, man. Beer. Talk to you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Not too shabby. Award winning right. beer. Here we go. For sure. We're going to take another break and we're going to come back and then uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, hang tight. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. 
The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Hey, thanks for sticking around, everybody. There I am. Hello. (laughs) I'm not very good at pushing buttons. But you stuck around anyway. But I stuck around anyway. Uh, All right. Well, hey, man. uh, Thanks to Ken and thanks to Rich for sending in beards. If you want to send in beards to this show... Send your information to Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com, and he will respond to you far faster and far more uh, kindlier than uh, at me. Mm-hmm. You, you are new to this kindlierness. Yeah, well, right. That, well, it's not. Kindlier? Kindlierness. Kinder. Kind, kindlier. I like my version better. Okay. Yeah, because it takes longer to say. It suits you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. do that, and um, we'll have your beers on the show. That'll be cool too. Some people, I'm not going to name any names. Well, I mean, I guess I will. I think. I think this was from Kevin from uh, last month's shows. Sent us some beer. Yeah. Oh, some commercial beer. Pills. So we're going to drink that. We should just open that. Right Pilsner. Now. Yeah. It's a uh, from. It's a. Uh, Hills from KC Beer Co., yeah. Kansas City. Kansas City. So uh, I apologize for. What's up, Bev? You all right? Oh no, I'm I'm still broken from what I was telling you about earlier, and I just decided I needed a pen. Mm. I'm just talking to myself. It's cool. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. That's delicious. Style. Yeah. I apologize. I didn't. I didn't bring this to to have on the show. And I bet if it was Kevin, let's just pretend it nice is. Nice with the sulfur right off the yeah. off yeah. the bat there. Um, <laughs> but he's like JP probably kept it all for himself. That's pretty tasty. Who's it from again, Brian? KC Beer Co. It's uh, Kansas City. It's a pil- their Pilsner style golden lager. It's just called the Pils. I mean, it's, it's a little almost too suntan lotion for me, but I would sit there and order d- multiple pints of this. A hundred percent. Yeah, ninety-five <laughs> percent. It's good. Yeah, the the sulfur is a bit strong in the aroma. Lucky it's not there in the flavor, but I definitely get the suntan lotion. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, thanks, uh, Kevin. <laughs> and if it wasn't you, uh, thanks anyway. It's packed in May, so it's it's like right, right at its uh, oh Best Buy nine two nineteen. So that's held up pretty good. It's held up very yeah. well. For, you know what I mean? For being just a little past, yeah, for being so prime. light too, right? No serious package defects. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of package defects, I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> drop off a package. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really. I just felt uh, felt like it was funny. All right, if you're listening live, for whatever reason, stay tuned. We'll be right back with another episode of Dr. Homebrew. Uh, we're talking more Bell's clones like we did last mm-hmm. month. So that'll be a good time. And I think we have some commercially. I don't remember we if we do. do. Okay, all right. Yeah. So we're doing that. If you're not listening live for whatever reason, go find a different show to listen to on the Brewing Network. You have The Session, and you have uh, Heads and Tails, which might actually drop an episode here at some point soon. What? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in, everybody. And uh, until next time, uh, go kiss the guy behind you at the grocery store. And just be kinder to one another. That's what I'm trying to do. That's going to get you in jail. Maybe. Or in love. 